0: Today on the Gut Health Reset Podcast, we are covering so many issues associated with the gut, but also associated and tied to your genetics. Are you struggling with bloating, gas, constipation, and fatigue, but don't know what's causing these problems? The Gut Health Reset Podcast with Dr. Anne-Marie Barter dives deep into the root causes behind these issues that start in the gut. This podcast will give you the knowledge you need to heal your gut and reset your health. The big things that we're gonna talk about today is what genetic variant might actually be causing your gluten sensitivity. What issues genetically could be causing you to be lactose intolerant or need to stay on a keto diet? or have to be carnivore to feel better, or be on a low FODMAP diet or a low histamine diet. We're going to cover those genetic variants and how you can address these genetic variants. We're also going to talk about how to go from being a carbohydrate burner to becoming a fat burner and what genetics do to actually play a role in those carbohydrate cravings, really needing that pasta, those carbs. We are also going to talk about how IBS is actually really dictated by genetics as well as leaky gut and how healing up that leaky gut may actually look a little bit different than what you've learned in the past. Thank you so much for joining us here today on the Gut Health Reset Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Anne-Marie Barter, and today I have a returning guest who is so amazing and so awesome. And... She talks about all things genetic, and her name is Dr. Jay Dunn. And she is the author of a book called Holistic Kinesiology and the CEO of My Happy Genes, which has been a huge project for her and how she's actually changed so many lives by working with the genetics. She is a creator and innovator of holistic kinesiology and holistic methylation teacher and lecturer. For over 30 years, she has researched, practiced, and taught this technique to hundreds of individuals who, like her, are on a quest to find alternative solutions to allopathic medicine. Thank you so much for joining us again. You're back again, Dr. J. It was such a pleasure to have you the first time. We totally geeked out. We had so much fun. And so I was so excited when you accepted the invitation to come back on. And today we are going to dive into all things gut and genetics, which I'm super looking forward to. So can you tell me how um, IBS is actually affected by genetics.
1: Yeah, that's it's a really good question, and thank you so much for having me back on. I'm excited because this, you know, you're you and I are on the same track as far as like you know kinesiology and functional medicine and etc. So um, we both, I'm sure, have seen a ton of of IBS patients, and gut health is such a prominent piece of our whole health. You know, it can affect everything and. Um, It's really interesting because when I started working with the genetics, it changed everything I thought I knew about gut health and what I knew about leaky gut, you know, the increased intestinal permeability kind of things and uh, food sensitivities. So um, I want to kind of take you down a little journey to my discovery about how it all works according to the genetics, if that's okay. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, cool. So, uh, you know, one of the things that we look at with uh, IBS um, are are gut bugs. You know, we want to look at are there, is there SIBO or small intestinal bowel overgrowth? Are there parasites? Are there, you know, is there different kinds of critters in there that that are causing some of the irritable bowel kind of symptoms? And one of the genes that I saw really had a huge impact on that was the vitamin D receptor. And as I started to look into it, you know, at first glance, it's like, what does vitamin D have to do with uh, SIBO or small intestinal bowel overgrowth? And it has everything to do with it, because when you start to upregulate your immune system, your immune system can fight off infections so much easier. And the the vitamin D receptor, if you have a genetic variant there, then your immune system isn't going to mount a good enough attack on these bugs and, and create a nice you know, it, with, without that immune support, you create a nice little intestinal melu for bugs to hang out and, and create problems. Uh, the other piece of that is the nitric oxide synthase, the NOS gene, which has a lot to do with how we mount an attack against uh, all kinds of infections, and you know, especially parasites. So without, you know, if you've got a genetic variant in the nitric oxide or the NOS gene, uh, you can't make hydrogen peroxide. Well, you can't make superoxide and you can't make um, peroxides. And those are directly able to kill off bugs, especially in the intestinal area. So those, those two genes we look at uh, initially first, but there's some other ones that I've really found are, are a big piece of the puzzle. And, you know, when we look at uh, irritable bowel and leaky gut, you know, there is a, an association there too that I've found that, you know, if you have intestinal, increased intestinal permeability, Um, often you get food into the bloodstream that can then cause allergic reactions and create some uh, digestive upsets of all kinds. And, uh, you know, some of the genes that we look at there are the DAO and the HNMT, and those those actually uh, break down histamine. So if you're not able to break down histamine well, high histamine levels can create a lot of inflammation, especially in the gut. Uh, area. So we look at methylation with that one, because when you upregulate methylation, you actually get increased breakdown of histamine, and that can really help the irritable bowel kind of symptoms related to histamine. And then some of the other ones that we look at, there's a really interesting gene called the SLC22A4-5, and that, that SLC stands for solute carrier, which means it's a It's a transporter, essentially. What it does is transport fats into the cell so that you can burn them as a fuel. And genetic variants in this one um, can inhibit your ability to break down fats, which can then lead to some irritable bowel kind of things, especially when you consume fats. Um, It's it's one that I had, and I, I actually have a lot of irritable bowel syndrome kind of symptoms have had for most of my life. And once I started paying attention to that particular genetic variant, and it requires um, something called ergothionine. Are you familiar with ergothionine? It's, it's really interesting because it really rivals glutathione in its ability to be a, an antioxidant. You know, It ha- has huge antioxidant properties and it's much more stable than glutathione is. And it comes from uh, mushrooms. So you know, like reishi, maitake, shiitake, uh, all those mushrooms contain ergothionine. and ergothionine actually opens up the cell so that carnitine can get in, and then you can burn fat. So this genetic variant can really inhibit your ability to use carnitine and therefore burn fats as a fuel. So it's a big, it's a big deal, and it leads to Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, irritable bowel. Uh, so that's another one that we we look. Uh, very heavily. And then the HLAs, uh, the human looks like antigens are, it's your unique pattern of how, you know, you from not you, you know, so like if you get a transplant, for instance, um, you know, you have to take anti-rejection drugs because their HLA pattern does not match your HLA pattern and your body thinks, Oh, this is enemy. So same thing can happen. You know, the HLAs are very much responsible for gluten intolerance, um, celiac disease and other food sensitivities that can lead to irritable bowel syndrome as well. And then lastly, we would look at sulfur because sulfur is a a nasty, it's a bad actor when it comes to uh, gut issues and, and weird, weird gut issues that you can't quite figure out. It's like, gosh, there's no, you know, as a functional medicine practitioner, we look at, you know, Uh, do they have the right flora? Are there bugs there? Is there leaky gut? You know, you look at all the normal things, this one defies logic. It's like, I've tried everything with this patient and they still have digestive issues and indigestion and uh, sometimes leading to like GERD and et cetera. And often that's a sulfur intolerance that's causing the problem and it'll look like irritable bowel as well. So um, those are, those are my big areas that I will look at when it, when it comes to gut health and, you know, specifically irritable bowel kinds of things. So go. <laughs> yeah. I
0: want to just unpack a little bit. Cause you talked okay. a little bit about food sensitivities and then I want to unpack, unpack each of these individually, sure. but we have, for example, for irritable bowel, we have the recommendation for people to do a low FODMAP diet, to do an sure. elimination diet, to do this thing, to do that thing. What's your, what's your feeling on really changing the diet period, uh, you know, doing a low FODMAP, low histamine, et cetera. So Mm -hmm. what's your feeling on the dietary change?
1: Well, it's a really good question and it's something, you know, that I tried to do for 30 years and, uh, patients don't stick with diets. That's what I have found. And it really doesn't solve the problem. So. That was the other thing. I'm like, they're coming right back in with the same symptoms again and again. Is this forever? You have to avoid this food forever. And It just didn't sound like the right answer. And it, it turned out to not be that, that when you have food sensitivities, they indicate an underlying imbalance. So what we have found is that's that's an indicator for me. You know, like, oh, gosh, gluten really trashes me. It's like, ah, okay, let's look deeper and see why that is. And get it fixed. And what what we're finding, believe it or not, is the people can eat gluten, no problem that that once we put them on the correct program for their genetics, and their health, they don't have to avoid the foods. I mean, there, there are categories will all go, you know, you got that HLA BQA, A1 gene you really need to stay low on the gluten, because if you overdo it, it's really going to come rear in its ugly head at you. It's not going to be your friend, but you should be able to tolerate it in small amounts. And same same, true with all the, all the food sensitivities. Uh, even the ones that cause anaphylactic shock, I've been able to see what they're telling us about your underlying physiology. And, if, and once we get that underlying physiology balanced, they can tolerate those foods again. So number one, it's problematic because patients just don't, don't do it you know they're like okay they do it for a month it's a very small percentage i don't know if you found that like a very small percentage of people that will stick with a diet so very much so and, uh, I like to get it fixed and th- they love it because they're like, oh, I can eat that again. Oh, I'm so happy. You know, life's worth living. So <laughs> I think, yeah, I think my, my concern with all the food restrictions
0: or someone will come into my office and they're like, I don't eat this. I don't eat this. I'm on a low histamine, low FODMAP, um, right. elimination diet. I don't oh. eat eggs. I don't eat this. And like, oh, I'm like, what God. do you eat? And they're like, I eat chicken. I eat carrots. I mean, the foods that they eat, you know, you can name on, you know. Ten fingers, and you know that creates some problems. And so that's pers- that's actually what comes into my office. So I I don't ever get the opportunity to do any sort of dietary changes. I have to reincorporate food. That's always my role, it seems yeah. like at this point. But I was like you. I did the dietary changes for a really long time. It was like, yeah, it's kind of better. Yeah, but if I come off, I'm in trouble. Kind of thing. So yes. I have you seen any? underlying genetic problems specifically associated with gluten
1: yes yes um, the HLAs the HLA yeah that one is th- is very strong in the literature that it's highly associated with gluten intolerance and again though you can have that gene if we get you uh, balanced if we ha- get your biochemistry balanced you can tolerate uh, gluten so I've you know I've had people I had a one woman who came in and she'd been gluten intolerant uh, or celiac diagnosed celiac. And, you know, she had to be very careful. She'd go to the restaurant and she'd have to ask, oh. does that have any gluten in it? You know, any parts of this have any gluten because any tiny little bit of gluten and she was massively miserable, you know, gut pain and wrenching and diarrhea and fun stuff like that. And, um, we have her to the point now she can eat gluten. No problem. Uh, So it's very, very possible. And that was, that was one of the first cases that I saw where we were able to turn that around. I'm like, wow, this is big. And then uh, I had another case of a little boy, just like you were talking about, you know, he had like two or three foods he could eat without having massive reaction. And, And his reactions were more like, definitely gut, but also pain, like widespread pain throughout his body. And, you know, f- coming from a functional medicine background, it's like, okay, this is leaky gut for sure. You know, we got to do the elimination diet and stay on these foods and don't eat these and take all these um, supplements to heal up your gut. Well, we decided it was right when I just started working with the genetics and I was like, hey, let's do this a little differently because I, you know, what's the four R's? Uh, oh, remove, replace, remove yeah. replace, reinoculate, repair. Yeah. Fire. Yep. That was my old motto and i was like let's try this because um i'm working with genetics and yeah and i wanted to see if if um he was open to it he's like 11 years old and his family was like yeah let's do this we've been to 40 doctors trying to get this kid fixed and he's reactive to almost every food and he and we did find lyme disease on him as well and uh vaccine reactions vaccine residues but we so i started working with him and you know, I I tested him on all of his foods. And sure enough, he was reacting to like 90% of the foods. And second time he came in after I put him on a program for his genetics, and he wasn't reacting, he didn't react, at least kinesiologically. uh, We were down to like 10 foods uh, from, you know, down to 10% of foods versus 90% of foods. And I was like, I don't understand this. And the leaky gut was testing gone. And I hadn't even addressed it. It was like, I put him on this program and. I was like i don't i don't understand this this doesn't make sense to me but your leaky gut is gone and your food sensitivities are going and then the next time he came in i i said did you try some of the foods he goes yeah i can eat i can eat all kinds of food now and i don't have reactions it's like oh my gosh without going in and doing the whole 4r protocol and addressing leaky gut we were able to get his body to repair it to repair the gut to get rid of uh, SIBO, to um, get the gut lining to you know get rid of the zonulin and get the gut lining to uh, close the gaps, the gap junctions, and um, the food sensitivities just kind of disappeared. And I was like, oh, what what just happened? And the more I dug into it and looked in the literature, I found the reasons why. And it had to do a lot with the uh, histamine, histamine pathways. And it, you know, if you close up histamine, then zonulin drops and Zonulin, as you know, a lot of your listeners probably know, is the main indicator that there's leaky gut, that there's increased gap junctions and food is getting into the bloodstream. And so when you close those junctions, uh, you stop a lot of the food reactions. So it was like eye-opening to me. And that's, that's why I say it, it, it was a paradigm shift because I don't have to micromanage the body anymore. I give the body what it needs according to the genetics so, you know, if within, uh, with the DAO M T genes that, that cause high histamine, we give, you know, the methyl groups like the methyl B12 and methyl, uh, methyl uh, folate. And then, uh, then those enzymes work better and you break down histamine and you get rid of the zonulin and the leaky gut goes away. So it's, it's so cool because you're getting to the core of where that leaky gut really originated, which is in the genetics. So, so yes, change in diet for sure, as indicated, but not long-term, you know, it's, it's not the, it's not the answer. I I don't think it's the answer. And I don't think it's much fun to have to avoid 90% of the food that you're eating.
0: Hey, this is Dr. Anne-Marie Barter. Have you ever spent hours searching for the right supplements to heal your body? And when you finally found them, maybe you weren't sure it was a brand that you could trust or if the products were safe. After hearing about these issues time and time again, I decided to put together a complete store of supplements for healing and supporting your gut at drannmariebarter.com. There are supplements for constipation, thyroid health, gut health, energy, and so much more. There are bundles created for sleep support pain support, histamine support, and the list just goes on and on. These supplements I use personally, or I've handpicked because they've worked time and time again on countless cases in the office. And on the website, you can see what ingredients we use to put your mind at ease. If you visit DrAnneMarieBarter.com and use the promo code podcast to get 10% off your next order. So what are you waiting for? Go visit Dr. Anne-Marie Barter and get 10% off your supplement bundle. Ciao. And now back to our episode. It's insane. I think it breeds eating disorders long-term. I I think, I think it's really a problem long-term. So Mm -hmm. with treating the histamine genetics, you basically use B12 and B9
1: yes for for some people it just depends on you know how, how well they're methylating if they may just need the the b9 or they might need the the b12 so it's it just depends on what's going on in their methylation cycle so you have to look at that first so the the cool thing about this software program that we created was it does all that for you you know it looks at okay for this person they just need b12 or they need b9 or Uh, they don't need methylation. You know, they need support for the sulfur or they need support for the vitamin D receptor or that SLC. The the software program does it for you. So you don't have to have a PhD in genetics or biochemistry. It's, it was designed to, to help you kind of sort all that out because, you know, you're looking at interactions of this gene with this gene. It's not like, okay, you've got the VDR, take this. You're going to create problems down the line. And that's, that's the piece that a lot of people working with genetics don't understand is you can't just go in and work with one gene because you've now set in motion uh, an effect on other, on the pathways that are affected by that gene. So that
0: that completely makes sense. sense. So yeah, Yeah. it seems like we have done it bite-sized, right? It's just like this gene looks at this and it's, everybody's talking about MTHFR Mm -hmm. and everybody talks, oh, I have MTHFR. Oh, I have it. I have this, but what about these other genes or genetics? But it, it just is very interesting because everybody knows about MTHFR, but not really anything else.
1: That's so true. And it's very short-sighted and can create a lot of problems. If you just go in and start taking methylfolate, you know, the active form of folic acid, it can create huge problems for people if they don't understand what they just did in the body because you set in motion methylation and you better know where those methyl groups are going to go and what they're going to do. And so I see people with, you know, they go to a doctor who's a little bit savvy about genetics. He says, yeah, I'm going to check you for the MTHFR. And oh yeah, you have it here, take methylfolate in massive doses. And I've seen them walk through the door and they're miserable. I mean, they have headaches and they hurt all over, but they're like, no, I have to take this because I have the MTHFR. Gene. And I'm like, yeah, no, you don't understand. (laughs) There's so much more to the puzzle. And we found out the hard way because I started there. You know, I started with, oh, MTHFR, what is that? And okay, take methylfolate. And then we saw people really sick. And I did it myself too, because I had like a minor allele of the MTHFR gene and started taking it and massive headaches and nausea. And I just felt terrible. And I was like, this can't be the answer. My patients aren't going to up with this, you know, for very long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then so, we started looking okay. at the related genes. So go ahead. Okay.
0: So we've got a gluten issue. Yeah. Um, now let's talk about, Hey, I'm lactose intolerant. What yeah. does that generally mean for me genetically?
1: Yeah. Good, good question there. So uh, there's several things going on there The Is it, is it really lactose? Number one, is it casein or is it some of the bovine growth hormones in, in dairy products, you know, there's lots of things there, but there are some genes, there's the LCT gene and the MCM uh, genes that are associated with true lactose intolerance. In other words, you have genetic variants that don't uh, allow your body to make lactase very easily, you know, the enzyme that breaks down lactose. So that's a real thing, you know, that's like, okay. And I see that quite commonly with people, but you know, you can have one, there are like five, five lactose genes. So you could have one of them be a problem, you know, one of them be a homozygous variant and then four of the other ones are fine. So you can't just base it on one gene. So on our, in our report, we give you a slider that looks at, you know, uh, uh, like you may have three out of the five genes here. So you're at 65% or you may have all five and I've seen all five on some people. Oh yeah, you have all five. So yeah, you're hundred percent lactose intolerant and, or people that are 25%. So you kind of, it's all over the board. And again, not one gene, but then the other piece of that is, you know, what, what's going on with uh, your sulfurs. So if you're, if you have sulfur intolerance uh, dairy products actually can be a problem for you. So it's not just, it's not the lactose per se. It could be, uh, causing a sulfur reaction. And, um, you know, again, the casein is, a, is another, another issue. I'm not sure the exact gene there, but I do see that some people react to casein. And then when we get methylation going, they don't, and they can eat uh, dairy products again. Does that make right. sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And then with a low FODMAP diet, if somebody feels a ton better on a low FODMAP diet, have you seen any genetic correlation to that?
1: Yeah, you know, again, we we look at the histamine pathways uh, largely there too. Um, I can't say I'm super knowledgeable about the FODMAP. I've kind of looked at it a little bit here and there, and I just sort of stopped looking because, again, it seemed like hmm, band aid. You know, <laughs> band aid here. Same with you know the what is the keto diet? You know, mm-hmm. how, how long can you sustain that and you know, I see a lot of problems down the line with that as well. I see the carnivore diet is very popular right now, too. It's like, wow, I'm just not I'm fond of eating for your life, you know, eating correctly for your body for life, not not like, Oh, follow this diet program. So parts of the FODMAP for certain people are good. And parts of it not good is what I'm finding, you know, the fermented food uh, kind of thing is there. So we look at in the in the report that we give people with diet and lifestyle, we have uh, different categories. So fermented foods, histamine foods, sulfur foods, and you can kind of really get a sense of for this person, you know, partly FODMAP, partly Mediterranean, partly, you know, so you can really kind of dial them in genetically and it's not got a name. It's not like, oh, you know, this is the uh, Dr. Ann Barter diet.
0: (laughs) Coming out soon
1: coming, coming out, out very soon. soon. <laughs> I just got to make it
0: It's,
1: <laughs> yeah. it. it's specifically for you. And it, right. you know, the, the diet that I follow, I looked at my genes and it's like, I don't do well on uh, fermented foods. So I stay real low on those. It doesn't mean I don't eat, eat any, but I stay low on those. And so it's all like, you know, dialing you in for your genetics and it makes a huge difference. So that's yeah. sort of my philosophy on that.
0: Fermented foods do not work for me either. It is just not pretty. It's not pretty (laughs) at all. And so you see a lot of advice and then I end up having super high histamine levels and you see me over there like itching my forearms, like just like, yeah, I get really itchy on high fermented food diet. Mm -hmm. So where can people find you if if they want to get in touch with you and get this genetic test run?
1: Uh, good question. If you just go to MyHappyGenes, all one word, MyHappyGenes.com, um, you can get your testing done there. And for the listeners, what I'll do is I'll put in a, a, a coupon for twenty five dollars off, and we'll we'll call it Fearless Twenty Five. If they put that in when they check out, if they're interested in buying the DNA test and seeing if they do have that BDR or the SLC twenty two A or the HLAs or the NOS is sulfur, just some of the genes we've talked about, and especially those ones down in the electron transport chain, this is the way to find out, you know, and this is a way to find out, you know, what's your best diet uh, for you. So that's kind of cool. So yeah, capital F fearless 25. And then when you get your, your DNA testing done, it's all private too. That's the good news is we never share your data and um, your, your information is only tracked by a barcode. So your name is never on there. It's very private, which is, which is good. Not true of a lot of the DNA testing sites that are happening right now. So that's my story.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. And thank you everybody for listening. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe, say hello, let us know what you want to hear more of, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the gut health reset podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, leave a rating, and a review so more people can hear about the podcast. And hey, take a screenshot of this episode and tag Dr. Anne Marie on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Anne Marie Barter. And for more resources, just visit drannemariebarter.com.